give him one compliment. Yeah? You never know. That could have been the only compliment they received this whole entire week. I see some of you who are married going a little bit too in. Okay, calm it down, right? Yeah? All right. Okay, brilliant. The reason why we're not going to do the reading is because we'll most probably do the reading next week. So, Sarah, please, if you could do the reading next week. Um, I want to just do a quick introduction for what we're going to be starting today. Um, and um, I'm so excited about coming to church every single Sunday because you never know what it is God's going to do. And I love it when God just interrupts the schedule. Um, I love it when we have moments like that because many of us came for that very moment. And there's some of us who even felt nothing happening. And I've been in services where I've felt nothing happen, but something dramatic has happened. One of those scenarios was when I remember going to, um, it was like a conference. It was a well-known, I'm not going to mention their name in case you have some kind of bias towards that kind of thing. It was a well-known well televangelist, right? And I went to one of their conferences, right? And he was known as a healing evangelist. And I had suffered with migraines since I was a child. I went to the service, worshipped like any other service, right? Felt nothing. But ever since then, never had another migraine. God healed me in that service. And so what I'm trying to say, sometimes we come into church and God interrupts our schedule. But he's doing stuff that is so deep-seated that we might not even feel anything going on. But two months down the line, we're like, snap, crackle, and pop. Something happened. Do you know what I mean? And it most probably happened in that service. So that's what I thank God when he interrupts our service. But I want to read you. A couple of verses. I love the book of Revelations. Revelation chapter 21, and we're going to read verses 1 to 4. Revelations 21 and verses 1 to 4. Um, if, we, we, if we can turn there very quickly. But um, it says this, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. From God, prepared as a bride, beautiful, dressed for her husband. And I, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. There will be his people, and, uh, there will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Somebody say amen. I don't know if you ever read the Bible and you just allow your mind to imagine. To just imagine the moment. And I love this because in, in, chapter, um, in chapter verse 18, actually the same chapter, it goes on to describe the new Jerusalem. And I love this verse because it means something very dear to me because um, it starts to mention all these amazing foundation stones that are going to be in the new Jerusalem. Um, for example, ruby, um, Christ, Christ, Christ solite, uh, burly, um, some of them I can't even pronounce, pronounce turquoise, um, jacinth. And I remember I was going through this and I was speaking to my kids and they were telling me all these precious stones. And I was like, how do you know all these precious stones? And I'm saying, oh, they're all in Minecraft. I don't know if you guys know Minecraft, right? So what we did was um, we opened up, I opened up this chapter and said, do you know some of the stones you've mentioned are actually going to be in the new Jerusalem and are going to be the foundation of this new city? And they were like, for real? So we went there and we started going through each. And as we would, we would Google each one to see how it looked. And the Bible says that the streets and the foundation is going to be made of pure gold. So you're going to be able to see all of these colors emanating from this foundation of this new Jerusalem. And all of us sat there as a family just wondering, imagining that. That day happening. And the last one I want to read to you is this one. It says in Revelation 22 verses 1 to 4, it says this. It says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And each side of the river stood the tree of life. Bearing 12 crops of fruit. And it goes on to say how the healing and the leaves were the healings of the, of the nations and all of that. I want to ask you a question this morning very quickly as I make an introduction to our new talk series. 
And the question I want to ask you is this. Is what was Jesus' primary purpose on earth? What was Jesus' primary purpose on earth? And I want you to think about that. Because when you're asked that question, many people will give a different response to that question. And you know what? I guarantee you that potentially all those responses are accurate to some level. But I want to submit to you, and this might sound shocking to some of you, that Jesus' primary purpose was not to establish a religion. Jesus' primary purpose was not to start a following. Jesus' primary purpose was not to start an organization. I submit to you today that Jesus' primary purpose was to establish a kingdom. And what I've just read to you in the book of Revelations is the physical representation of that very kingdom. There will be no pain, no crying, no weeping. The river of life will flow, bringing life to everything. And I want to ask you a very simple question. And some of you are looking at me, is that Jesus' primary purpose? Would you say that's actually accurate, Andrew? Well, I, I want to read to you some very quick verses of Scripture. I'm just going to run through them. We don't even have to turn to them um, on the projections because of time. It says, in Matthew 4, verse 17, it says this. From the time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Another translation says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you just reach out, you can touch it. It's near. There's another verse that says this. He says this in Matthew 12, verse 28. He says, but if by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, he says, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So one minute he's saying it's at hand. He says, but if you see me casting out demons by the finger of God, which is by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's saying the kingdom of God is upon you. I can still see some of the people thinking, Andrew, I'm still not convinced. I'm going to give you a one more verse or two. Can I do that, right? Look, listen to this. I'll, if I was to ask you the question, what is the gospel? What would your response be? Give, you can give a response in your head. If I was to ask you, what is the gospel? Well, listen to this. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. It says this. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, believe in the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Many people preach a gospel of salvation. That is right, but it's part of the full gospel. Many people preach a gospel of forgiveness of sins. That is part of the gospel. Many people preach a gospel of eternal life. That is part of the gospel. The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. And just for the last person who's really saying, Andrew, you really have to convince me, I want to show you it's in the book of Acts as well. Right? This is Paul speaking. He says, however, I consider Acts chapter 20 and verses 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The good news of God's grace. You see, Andrew, it's the good news of God's grace. Let's read on, verse 25. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. So Paul tells us, that the message of the good news and of his grace is actually part of the kingdom gospel. Gospel simply means good news. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because I have a huge fascination and bias towards the kingdom of God. Why? We actually did a talk series in my, in my last church that lasted, believe it or not, two years for every single Sunday, a talk series on the kingdom of God. Because once you begin to see it, in Scripture, 
your eyes open up in a way that is like, oh my goodness, I did not see that before. So, why am I saying this? Did Jesus fulfill his, did Jesus fulfill his uh, primary purpose? Is the kingdom of God here? Yes, no, shout out and answer. Is the kingdom of God here? Is it? Yes and no. Yes and no. That's one of my favorite responses. Every time my kids ask me a question, I'm like, yes and no. And they get so frustrated, right? Is the kingdom of God here? Well, you see, when you read the Bible, the kingdom of God is both a past, present, and future reality. The kingdom of God has come, the kingdom of God is coming, and the kingdom of God will come. It's both. Jesus says, if I cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come. The book of Colossians says that when we become believers, he takes us out of the kingdom of darkness and translates us into the kingdom of his son. It is a present reality. But the Bible also says, this is how you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It is presently coming. And the Bible also shows us, as we've just read in Revelations, that it's also going to come. I'm here to submit to you that the kingdom of God has come. The wonder you felt as I read those chapters in Revelation is already presently here. And if that is the case, then where is it? And the Pharisees had this question. And they come to Jesus. And they say, James, you keep chatting about this kingdom. Where in the world is it? And he says in verse 20 of Luke chapter 17, he says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, you can't look and say, there it is, there it is. And he says, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Verse 21, he says, Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And the Bible says, all those who believe, listen to this. When I saw this, I was like mind blown. Out of them will flow rivers of living life. Do you remember when we saw those rivers? Does anybody remember when we saw that river? It was in the kingdom. It was in the new city flowing from the throne of God. That same river flows and flows out of every believer. You have a direct link to the very kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, why have I said all this? I'm saying all this to literally just introduce our series because if you don't know anything about the kingdom of God, you will look at the parables and say, thank you for going through the wonderful parables, Andrew. They're very lovely. But all the parables start with this phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like. And so it will be very difficult for me to introduce any single parable until you understand that Jesus is talking about a kingdom. But here's the thing, guys. Please listen to me. He's not talking about, and Matthew does this a lot. He always uses the phrase kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven. And he's primarily one of the only writers who does that. And the reason he does that is because of who he was writing to. He was writing to the Jews. And the Jews had a thing about God's name being very revered. And so to say God in a text was a lot of admin. Because the Jewish scribes, whenever they would write the name of God, would do all these rituals, like wash themselves just to write his name. So Matthew's like, I'm going to make your time easier. I'll just say the kingdom of heaven, right? But on all the other scripts, it's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And many people have thought that the parables are talking about heaven. But when you read them, you start to realize... Heaven's not like that. I pray to God it's not. Because the parables are not talking about heaven. What the parables are talking about is what happens when heaven meets earth. What are the principles that govern us experiencing heaven on earth? Now when you go to the parables with that mindset, the parables take on a whole different meaning. And I'm going to finish by reading you this. Matthew 13, verse 10, it says this. 
says, the disciples came to him and asked, say, why do you speak to the people in parables? And listen to what he says. He replied, and I'm whispering for a reason. He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. When we read the parables, we're reading secrets about how to operate in the kingdom of God while here on earth. Anybody want to learn some secrets? I said, anybody want to learn some secrets? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so today we open up a new series, and we're going to be calling it Secrets to Experiencing Heaven on Earth. Come back next week for more. I'm joking, yeah? <laughs> but guys, literally, we've run out of time. That's all I can do for the day, yeah? If we can all stand up, yeah? I want you to go home. Um, your homework, yeah, I'm going to give you homework. You're like, what? Yeah, I'm going to give you some homework. Your homework is to read Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46, right? That's the parable we're going to be starting with next week. Matthew chapter 13 and verses 44 to 46. And that's going to be our first parable. And we're going to be doing this as well um, as a youth. So I'm super, super excited about that. But guys, I'm here to tell you the wonder of the kingdom is more amazing than you dare imagine. And as we start to go through these parables, guys, I'm hoping the joy that has flooded my heart in studying them will also flood yours, even as you prep this week by reading our first parable. If you can lift up your hands. As we always like to say here, there's no magic in lifting up your hands other than it's a posture of receiving. It's also a posture of worship. It's just saying, God, I'm open to you. And I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you because you came to establish a kingdom where there would be no pain, no hurt, um, no famine. And Lord, we are the conduits of that kingdom. And the Bible says that all those who believe that out of them will flow rivers. So Father, I'm asking that this week the rivers of God, the rivers of life would flow out of every single person who is hearing this right now. That those rivers would bring healing to communities, healing to families, healing to individuals, Heavenly Father. And that Lord, that this, this, this week would be filled with joy and peace and righteousness because your word says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen and amen. Andrew, thank you so much, mate. That just means we get more of Andrew, right? I'm happy about that. I think you should be happy about that. So come back next week for that. What we'll do is we'll officially close. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be on you and those you love this day and forevermore. Amen. Um, if you need healing in your body, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you for healing. If you need to, you feel like you got some prayer, but it's kind of stopped, come forward. We'd love to pray for you. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, come forward. We'd love to pray for you. We're officially in there. Um, if you could collect your kids, if you're not coming forward, collect the kids. That would be great for the kids' team. And we will be back Wednesday with Foundations, Saturday, Holy Spirit Day. And um, we'd really love as many of you to come to that as possible. It would be absolutely brilliant. Other than that, we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks so much. Come forward for prayer. If we could have some prayer team as well, come forward. That would be amazing. And those on YouTube, thanks for joining us. We're officially in there too. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday or Saturday or Sunday next week. Um, so prayer team, if you could just go find someone who's come up for prayer. And why don't you just ask them what they want prayer for and then pray into it. We could do with five prayer team, four prayer team. Thanks. When I say prayer team, I mean people <laughs> have heard me talk about praying for others. Well done. Thank you. Um, two more prayer team. Three more prayer team, if possible. Four more prayer team. That's all right. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, two more prayer team. Thank you, Jill. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Cherry. You're amazing. Well done. Do you know what, Cherry? You're okay.
the living word says now. Come on. Houston, you can say it one time with us. Send down from glory. Many things. Come on, somebody say it.
highest mountain Looked all around, couldn't find nobody Went down into the deepest valley Looked all around down there, couldn't find nobody I went across the deep blue sea Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy Nobody greater, nobody greater than you I searched all over Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find nobody Nobody greater Nobody greater, no Nobody greater than you I searched all over Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find nobody Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody can heal like you can. Oh, most holy one, you are the great I am. Awesome in all your ways and my You are he who carried out redemption's plan. You are he who carried out redemption's plan. Searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great. Nobody greater, Jesus. Nobody greater than you. Search all over. Search all over. Couldn't find no. Couldn't find no.
As a voice cries out in the silence Searching for a heart that will love him Longing for a child that will give him their all Give it all, he wants it all And there's a God that walks over the earth He's searching for a heart that is desperate And longing for a child that will give him their all Give it all, he wants it all And he says, love me Love me with your whole heart He wants it all today Serve me Serve me with your life now He wants it all today Bow down Let go of your idols He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all there's a God that walks over the earth He's searching for a heart that is desperate Longing for a child that will give him their all Give it all, he wants it all And he says, love me, love me for a heart that will love him longing for a child that will give him their all give it all he wants it
Faithful, oh.
If I lose my life, I will find it And I will soar on eagle's wings And then ever cease from war Rest in Jesus' arms For the Lord, he's good Save from harm. Yeah, I think it would be. It's the Lord that gives. Heard the prophet say, and I will bless His name, though He takes away. I will trust and not fear, not to be alarmed. For the Lord, he's good, and I am safe from harm. I'm safe, I'm safe in the eye of the storm there's For the Lord, he's good, my soul is safe from harm. So in the tear dark swear, and my strength has stopped. I will still believe when his name I call. He will rescue me, for dust turns to dawn. For the Lord, he's good, and I am safe from harm. I'm safe. The Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. My soul is safe from harm. Say, Tim, yo, you're my hero. How you do it? How you stay strong? Let them all know there's so much that I've been through. I have my days when it's true, y'all. I just can't smile. I just want to cry. It ain't easy. Sometimes it's work just to be alive. But when I think of the goodness that's come to me, it's easier to let go. And acceptance, so I reject that there's no peace, and I accept that I am free. That's all I have to be. That's all I. 